0: If you only listen to Western media outlets, you would probably think that China is this evil boogeyman that is out trying to destroy democracy and human rights around the world. That is the very propagandistic narrative that we are often fed in Western media. Now, it's completely false. And today I'll be talking about Washington's hypocrisy and how the United States frequently violates the so-called rules-based international order that it upholds, that it claims to defend. But first, I wanna talk about the rhetoric of Western governments. In his first State of the Union address in 2022, US President Joe Biden claimed that in the world today, there is a battle between democracies and autocracies. In the battle between democracy and autocracies, democracies are rising to the moment. And the world is clearly choosing the side of peace and security. This is the real test. So it's become increasingly obvious around the world that the United States and its allies in Europe are waging a new Cold War against China and Russia. And the US government is trying to portray this new Cold War as a supposed ideological conflict between democracy and autocracy. This is completely absurd, and ironically, the top European diplomat, that is the European Union foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, he admitted that this is actually a false talking point, and he said in passing to a room full of European ambassadors in Brussels, on our side, there are lots of authoritarian regimes. This will coexist with a broader uh, democracies, versus authoritarians, a big divide. I wouldn't exist, I I wouldn't insist a lot on it. Because in our side, there are a lot of authoritarian regimes. We cannot say we are the democracies, and the ones who follow us are also democracy. That's not true. That's not true. I did a separate video about that very frank admission. I mean, it's really important because it shows that this entire narrative is completely bogus, and even Western government officials know that it's an absurd narrative, but they still use it constantly. I will link to that video in the description below. Now, a key narrative in this propaganda campaign, this information war, is the idea that we constantly hear from US diplomats that Washington and Brussels are defending the so-called rules-based international order. We're not seeking to contain China. We're not seeking to hold China back. We are seeking, resolutely so, to uphold the um, rules-based international order. The Chinese routinely are flouting what should be the rules-based international order that we all should want to pursue. Now the rules are never clearly defined. So really, it's actually an order in which the United States makes the rules and orders other countries around. And this was also actually admitted to by France's former ambassador to the United States. His name is Gérard Arrault, and he said that really the so-called rules-based order is just an unfair Western order. Because when the Americans uh, basically want to do whatever they want, including when it's against the international law, as they define it, they do it. And that's the vision that the rest of the world has of this order. It's a Western order, and they accuse us of double standard hypocrisy. Now, the reason that the United States and European officials have been trying to popularize this idea of the rules-based order is essentially it's their attempt to replace international law because they can't control international law. International law is created through truly international institutions like the United Nations, which despite its very many flaws, and despite the fact that Western governments do have too much influence, and despite the fact that there is a lot of bias against the Global South countries in the United Nations, still, the United States for many decades has been waging a constant war against the UN, withdrawing from different UN bodies, attacking UN General Assembly rulings, constantly using its veto power in the UN Security Council to prevent other countries from taking action. So by trying to replace international law, which is clearly defined, written in law, the United States has been popularizing this idea of the rules-based order. And there are so many ways in which the US violates these so-called rules by organizing coups around the world by organizing regime change operations, by meddling in other countries' elections, by invading other countries, by imposing illegal sanctions on other countries, the list goes on. But today I'm going to be talking about the ways in which the United States violates the economic rules in its so-called rules-based order and how Washington has actually been one of the world's leading violators of the World Trade Organization the WTO, which is ironically a completely right-wing neoliberal organization that Washington helped to promote and helped to create and and encourage countries all around the world to join the WTO. And yet now that the rules no longer suit Washington, the United States is trying to change the rules and is actually violating the very basic principles of the very same organization that it helped to create. This August, China's commerce ministry released a comprehensive 60 page report looking at the ways in which the United States has not been compliant with the rules in the World Trade Organization, which is at the heart of the Western so-called rules-based order. Now, this is a very interesting document because it shows how Chinese foreign policy has been shifting over the past decade. For many years, China pursued a a strategy that it referred to as maintaining a low profile. In terms of its diplomacy in the international stage, it was very neutral. It was hands-off. It did not criticize other countries, even when the United States was very aggressive against it or other countries were aggressive against it. And again, it was trying to maintain a low profile and focus on developing its economy, growing, bringing its people out of poverty. However, things have been changing. China has developed at an incredible pace, faster than any other country in human history. Since the Chinese Revolution, the government has helped lift 800 million people out of poverty. In fact, China has solved the problem of absolute poverty. And since 2017, China has overtaken the United States to be the world's largest economy, when you measure its GDP at purchasing power parity, which is the best way to measure the size of an economy. So under the new president, Xi Jinping, who came to power a decade ago, he has been trying to maintain a more nationalist foreign policy, defending China's sovereignty against the constant attacks and aggression by the United States and other Western powers, including sanctions, military threats, meddling in their internal affairs, and countless other examples. So this most recent report criticizing Washington's violations of WTO rules is one example of an increasingly assertive foreign policy. Another example came in February when China's foreign ministry published a lengthy report titled U.S. Hegemony and its Perils. And in that report, Beijing documented the war crimes and crimes of aggression and invasions and coups and genocide and other atrocities that the United States has carried out around the world inside its own borders. I actually did a separate video about that. I'll link to that in the description below. What these different reports show is that China is no longer simply maintaining a low profile. It's no longer simply turning the other cheek when Washington constantly punches it in the face. China is responding. And this latest report really is devastating. It just shows when it comes to economic policy, trade policy, the United States is completely hypocritical and is one of the leading violators of the actual rules in the actual rules-based order that exists out there and not the imaginary one that the United States just makes up in its head and says, if you don't do what they say, then you're violating those supposed rules that are unwritten and constantly changing. Now, this report from the Chinese Commerce Ministry points out that since 2017, in order to divert attention from its domestic challenges in the United States, like rising inequality, rising homelessness, increasing police brutality, and racism, and all these other internal issues, and political dysfunction, in the United States has pursued this America First policy in which the United States has been flouting the WTO rules and the expectations of other members and resorting to unilateralism, protectionism, and bullying hegemonism. Now, this is an incredible statement because it shows that everything that the United States claims about China violating the so-called rules-based order and trying to replace the rules-based order is actually the opposite because the WTO, as I stressed earlier, it was partially created by the United States. Washington has always promoted the World Trade Organization around the world in order to impose right-wing neoliberal economic policies and so-called free trade. The dogmatic doctrines of the WTO are the idea of free trade, that countries can lift themselves out of poverty by freeing their markets, by lifting all restrictions for trade, lifting tariffs, removing any subsidies for local infant industries, ending industrial policy, all of those are the actual policies that rich countries use to get rich. I'll talk about that later. But what China is doing here is pointing out that the United States violates its own alleged commitments to these principles and violates the World Trade Organization principles, well, rules, they're not even just principles, they're rules written in stone. And yet Washington constantly criticizes other countries like China for maintaining socialist economic policies or nationalist economic policies that violate the free trade dogma of the WTO. So once again, we see an example of how the West tells other countries to do something and then it does whatever it wants. And then if those countries around the world in the Global South, if they try to copy the policies of the Global North, then the Global North tells them you're authoritarian. You're violating the rules-based international order. You need to free all your markets. You need to lift all tariffs. You need to end industrial policy. You need to cut all subsidies for infant industries. And so here, this report just methodologically lays out the dozens and hundreds of examples of US hypocrisy vis-a-vis trade. Now, this report details concerns about U.S. trade and economic policies in 11 key areas, including tariffs and non-tariff barriers, industrial subsidies, agricultural subsidies, trade remedies, standards and technical regulations, trade and services, intellectual property rights, export controls, and economic sanctions, another huge part of this, considering that Today, one quarter of the global population lives in countries that are sanctioned by the United States, representing nearly one third of the global economy, of global GDP. Now, I'm not going to go through this entire report because it's long. It's 60 pages. But I want to look at some of the highlights of how, once again, China is calling out the United States for violating the the rules that the United States made and tried to impose on the economies of the rest of the world. In this report, Beijing acknowledged this very clearly, noting that the U.S. is a principal beneficiary of the multilateral trading system. Its financial, internet, and high-tech giants, multinational corporations, and the farmers and ranchers have all benefited greatly from trade liberalization. However, the absence of a sound benefit distribution system has led to the failure of the U.S. to properly deal with its domestic income and job opportunity inequality among different classes. So this is China saying very diplomatically that the U.S. has benefited, at least big corporations and financial oligarchs and capitalists have benefited from these neoliberal economic policies of free trade and neoliberal globalization, and yet Average poor working people have not benefited, and the United States has not taken policies to ensure redistribution of wealth and to reduce inequality. Now, China also points out that the United States is a country with low savings, high consumption, and high debt, and the US has has long had a savings shortage and has had to rely on current account deficits and trade deficits for economic growth. Now, the reason that the U.S. can even do that is largely because of the power of the U.S. dollar, whereas most countries around the world that have current account deficits and trade deficits with the rest of the world, their currencies depreciate against the currency they use to pay for imports, but because the dollar is used for the U.S. to buy imports and because the dollar is imposed on countries all around the world, it is it allows the United States to suck in the wealth of these countries around the world. But China points out that... The US attributes its domestic social problems to the so-called unfair trade that caused the trade deficit and unemployment. So once again, we see the United States is blaming its own policies for creating the problems in its countries. And yet, in reality, instead of recognizing that these are the policies that the United States has imposed, it's blaming other countries like China for so-called unfair trade. But in reality, The US is a victim of its own neoliberal economic policies. So Beijing is just pointing this out very clearly. And it points out again that since 2017, with the rise of Donald Trump, the US has been blatantly violating these supposed rules of the free market and fair trade and globalization. And of course, by the way, Joe Biden has also continued these policies. It's not just Trump, this is bipartisan. And by the way, it didn't begin, one of my criticisms of this report is it didn't begin in 2017. They're focusing on how it started under Trump and Trump started the trade war with China. And of course, obviously, Beijing is largely focusing on the ways in which the United States violates these principles of so-called free trade with its trade war against China, which started under Trump. So it makes sense why they want to focus on that. But again, the United States has been violating these principles of so-called free trade for decades for a century. So this is not how rich capitalist countries actually got rich. This hypocrisy was brilliantly exposed by the South Korean development economist Ha Jun Chang in his book, Kicking Away the Ladder. And in the first chapter of the book, which is called, How Did the Rich Countries Really Become Rich? He notes that Western governments have a neoliberal agenda which insists that so called good policies, in scare quotes, are broadly those prescribed by the so called Washington Consensus. These include restrictive macroeconomic policy, liberalization of international trade and investment, privatization, and deregulation. So, those are the right wing economic policies that are part of the neoliberal ideology. When people talk about neoliberalism, that's what they mean. And he points out that. Countries like France, in fact, they became wealthy through deep intervention in the economy, not through these free trade policies. And he said, quote, the developed countries did not get where they are now through the policies and the institutions that they recommend to developing countries today. Most of them actively used so-called bad trade and industrial policies, such as infant industry protection, and export subsidies, practices that these days are frowned upon, if not actively banned by the WTO, the World Trade Organization. Chung quoted the famous German economist Friedrich List, who advocated for much more state support for developing infant industry and developing the economy. And Friedrich List famously wrote, quote, it is a very common clever device that when anyone has attained the summit of greatness, he kicks away the ladder by which he has climbed up in order to deprive others of the means of climbing up after him. In this lies the secret of the cosmopolitical doctrine of Adam Smith. And of course, this is you know all of the economists who follow, who often, by the way, misread Adam Smith, and they preach the doctrine of how great free trade is in the free market, although... Chang points out that actually free trade is beneficial among countries at similar levels of industrial development, but not between countries at different levels of development. So free trade benefits the wealthy imperious countries like Britain and the US, but not the less developed economies. It keeps them in a state of underdevelopment, the economies in the global south. So the reason I wanted to look at that book is because it shows that this is not a new policy for... Oh, well over a century, four centuries, the Western imperialist powers have told other countries around the world, largely in the global South, to implement a certain set of capitalist economic policies that they did not use to develop their own economies. That's not how the wealthy, rich countries got rich. Of course, one thing that Ha Chang leaves out of his book, which I think is very important, is they also got rich through colonialism and imperialism through slavery, through stealing countries' natural resources, through imposing unelected colonial regimes on them, like on India and many other countries around the world, and extracting the wealth from India. Tens of trillions of dollars of wealth were extracted from India by the British Empire, and that's true for many other countries in Africa and Latin America and other parts of Asia. So that's how the imperialist countries got rich through colonialism and through economic protectionism, not through free trade. And yet they impose free trade on the rest of the world. And the United States has been the world's leading purveyor of free trade dogma as part of the neoliberal era of globalization. And now China is pointing out the US hypocrisy that Washington constantly talks about the importance of these free trade rules and yet violates the basic rules of the World Trade Organization. This report from China's Commerce Ministry refers to Washington as a destroyer of the multilateral trading system, pointing out the U.S. puts domestic laws over and above international rules, disregards the multilateral trading rules and the concerns of other members, defies and challenges the basic principles of the WTO, and cripples the normal functioning of the WTO, One of the ways it does that is by undermining the dispute settlement mechanism. And since 2017, as the terms of the appellate body members expired and vacancies arose, the U.S. has blocked the appointments of new appellate body members on the grounds of institutional issues, which has led to a paralysis of the appellate body. The U.S. has 60 consecutive times rejected proposals from other members to launch the selection of appellate body members. The overwhelming majority of WTO members support the early launch of this process, and the U.S. refuses to join the consensus. So here we see Washington violating the rules of its beloved rules-based international order. If the WTO is not part of the rules-based international order, nothing is. This is an organization the U.S. helped to create, And there's so many examples in this report. I'm not going to go through all of them. China also talks about how the U.S. has selectively implemented the recommendations and rulings of this dispute board, the dispute settlement board, especially when it comes to tariffs that the United States imposed on steel and aluminum. And note what's fascinating about this report is it notes that these complaints that were brought in the WTO were not only brought by China. Even Norway, a Western ally, has complained about these U.S. tariffs. Switzerland, another Western ally. Turkey, now known as Turkiye, has complained Turkey is a member of NATO. So it's not just China that is complaining about the U.S. violation of these WTO rules that the United States helped to create in the first place. In this report, China's Commerce Ministry also refers to the United States as a unilateralist and bullying hegemonist, pointing out that the WTO prohibits its members from taking unilateral measures against other members. But the U.S. has a long history of taking unilateral measures against other members under the disguise of so-called national security, human rights, forced technology transfer, etc. The U.S. has coerced other countries, regional groups and entities into abiding by its diplomatic policies and illegitimate demands. Now, the biggest example of this, once again, is sanctions, One quarter of the global population, nearly one third of world GDP is from countries that are sanctioned unilaterally, illegally by the United States. That is a blatant violation of the rules of the so-called rules-based international order. But because Washington does it, well, I guess it's okay. Now, China points out that in order to justify these policies, the U.S. uses the idea of national security and it, that's, why, that's how the United States justified imposing tariffs on steel, aluminum, and other products. The U.S. put tariffs on steel imports, they increased it from 25% to 50% to punish Turkey for its position on political issues. And Turkey is ostensibly a Western ally. Then under the excuse of national security, the U.S. banned the use of telecommunications equipment from Chinese companies like Huawei. It revoked their licenses from Chinese car- carriers in the US and blocked related investment from China. Since then, the US has been imposing more and more sanctions on other Chinese technological firms. The US and European, some European countries are banning the export of certain technologies like semiconductor technology or quantum computing parts or AI, artificial intelligence technology. And China, of course, points out the U.S. engages in economic coercion, imposing sanctions. The U.S. abuses export control and sanctions measures. And ironically, the U.S. also has a double standard on industrial policy. Now, industrial policy, which is government support for developing industry, violates the very basic neoliberal principles of the free market that the U.S. constantly tries to impose in other countries, telling them that that they have to lift all subsidies, all government support and tax breaks for certain industries they're targeting for development. Only the US is allowed to do that. If other countries do it, it's socialism and it's authoritarianism and it violates free trade and fair trade. So China points out for a long time, the US has applied different standards with regard to industrial policies between other members and itself. The U.S. implements exclusive and discriminatory industrial policies, providing large-scale subsidies. The U.S. practices lead to overcapacity of relevant products and distortion of the global market. The U.S. points fingers at other members, especially developing members, legitimate policies aiming to support their domestic industrial development. So, China also has a lot of industrial policy and uses it to target certain sectors to develop renewable energy technology, electrical vehicles, its steel industry, transportation, you know bullet trains. China has a socialist government. They don't, they don't pretend to be against industrial policy. But they're pointing out the hypocrisy once again of the united states telling countries around the world they can't use industrial policy they can't have government support for their industry they have to free the market and yet the united states does the opposite because this is not how you get rich you don't get rich through the free market you don't get rich through laissez-faire capitalism libertarianism you get rich through protectionist policies and this is why ironically like I'm not even against some of these policies. Obviously, the sanctions are illegal and criminal and murderous. But for instance, this report also talks about U.S. subsidies for renewable energy technology and solar panels and transition to, for instance, electric vehicles. I mean, I think you know those are some of the very few policies you can maybe say are good. Although even then, a lot of these policies are actually just US government handouts to big corporations like Tesla, for instance, So and, and you know owned by billionaire oligarchs. So, I mean, there's still a lot to criticize about these policies, but I'm, not, I'm obviously not against the idea of protectionism. Protectionism can be good if a country actually wants to develop its economy and not just enrich a small handful of, of billionaire oligarch you know, financial speculators. I mean, so it's, the problem is not the protectionist policies. The problem is not the tariffs. The problem is not the industrial policy and subsidies. China does all these policies as well. The problem is that China doesn't lecture the rest of the world about the so-called rules-based international order. China doesn't tell other countries they have to impose the neoliberal Washington consensus named after Washington. China doesn't tell other countries that in order to get loans from it, they need to impose neoliberal structural adjustment like the US-controlled international monetary fund, the IMF and the World Bank, which do impose these neoliberal so-called free trade policies. So China simply in this report is pointing out the incredible hypocrisy of the United States. And again, it just never ends. I mean, there are so many examples of this. Industrial protection, high-tech industrial policies, support for renewable energy technology, criticizing other countries' legitimate industrial policies. Now, of course, China says it's going to, every country is going to say that its own industrial policy is illegitimate. But I mean, I think every country has a right to pursue industrial policy. And if countries are finally going to move away from this neoliberal orthodoxy of the free market dogma and this nonsense, good. Every country should. So I mean, whatever. I mean, calling it legitimate or whatever. The point is, again, the hypocrisy, not whether or not it's legitimate or illegitimate. Now, China also points out that the United States is driven by hegemonism and a Cold War mentality. So here we see that Beijing is the one opposing the the call for a new Cold War. We constantly hear in Western media propaganda that China is the aggressor, but it's the United States that is the aggressor and is constantly escalating its aggression with weapon sales to separatists in Taiwan, with sanctions on China, with constantly sending U.S. ships through the Taiwan Strait to threaten China. The U.S. is constantly upping the ante, forcing countries around the world to break their ties with China, to join the Western military alliance, the U.S.-led military alliance to contain China. And yet, China constantly says, we don't want a new Cold War. If you read government documents, they say they oppose the Cold War mentality of the United States. And here they talk about, once again, how the U.S. is adopting these protectionist policies, but not to support working people, not to support good unionized jobs, like the kinds of jobs that were sent abroad in the neoliberal era as part of the policy of deindustrialization, as part of the policy of outsourcing. No, 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 no. That would be be good for the people, the working class people of the United States. The US doesn't do protectionism to actually help poor people and working class people have good jobs. Instead, the US only engages in protectionism to challenge, to weaken other competitors like China, like Russia, like Iran, like many other countries that the US is targeting for regime change. So it's again, it's not even protectionism to help people, to help working people. The only time that protectionism does help people in the United States is when it helps billionaire oligarchs and the people who fund the U.S. politicians who make these policies, these economic policies. And of course, polls show that the vast, vast majority of candidates running for the House of Representatives and the Senate in the United States who have more funding win elections over 90 percent. So this is not a democracy. You cannot call this a democracy. This is an oligarchy. It's the best so-called democracy that capitalists can buy. Going on in this report, China also points out that after spending decades criticizing other countries for using tariffs to support the development of infant industries so they can have their own industries and not rely simply on US corporations, Washington has constantly criticized countries that use tariffs. And yet now the US is imposing more and more tariffs increasing tariffs on products like clothing, textiles, fish, sugar, minerals, coffee, dairy products, leather, shoes, fruits, vegetables, tobacco. So once again, the U.S. does something. It says the rules and the rules-based order are something, and then it, it sanctions foreign countries and attacks foreign countries for doing the exact same policy that the U.S. does. Now, I mentioned that a lot of these policies are not really new, but they have intensified in recent years. And China points out that there has been a significant increase in investigations initiated by the United States since 2017, and that some of the investigations launched from 2017 to 2022 involved U.S. tariffs on steel and aluminum and automotive parts and also policies regarding uranium and titanium and transformers and cranes and so many other things. There's also policies in terms of telecommunications equipment, industrial subsidies, electric vehicles. I mean, they just keep going on. Semiconductors, photovoltaic cells, that is, you know, solar panels. But again, I mean, honestly, like, this is good that, we, that the world needs to move away from this planet destroying technology and toward renewable energy. It's not necessarily bad that the US is doing that, but again, it's just the hypocrisy of it. In terms of clean energy, again, just so many examples of this hypocrisy. The US has long had policies of subsidies for its aviation industry, which have long enjoyed high subsidies from both federal and state governments. China details some of those. And then, of course, agricultural subsidies. The U.S. is the world's largest country in terms of agricultural production. It's the world's largest agricultural exporter, and it provides a large amount of subsidies. The U.S. Rep- US agricultural production represented 9% of global market share in 2018. And a lot of that is because the U.S. spends hundreds of billions of dollars subsidizing agricultural production that is done by big ag corporations, these massive corporations, these conglomerates, that also donate tons of money to buy politicians, to pay for politicians, to win elections. And once again, the U.S. is the best so-called democracy that capitalists can buy. The report goes on and on. It's over 60 pages. The reason I wanted to talk about it today is not because... I'm defending the World Trade Organization, which I mean, honestly, good riddance, the WTO probably should be done away with. This is a completely neoliberal institution that was created largely by the United States in order to impose many of these neoliberal economic policies in the rest of the world. The irony, once again, the point I'm just emphasizing here constantly is that the Western propaganda narrative portraying China as the rogue state that is violating the so-called rules-based international order and destroying multilateral organizations like the WTO, it's actually the opposite. It's the United States that more than any other country on earth acts unilaterally. It tries to destroy any multilateral organization that it can't completely control like the United Nations, which is why we constantly see attacks by the US government, especially under Republican presidents against the United Nations system undermining the United Nations, taking away all power from any body except the UN Security Council, which is, of course, a body where the US has veto power, and also its allies, the UK and France, have permanent seats on the Security Council, despite the fact that they only have around 80 million people, whereas massive countries like India, which has 1.4 billion people, or Indonesia, or Pakistan, or Brazil, which have hundreds of millions of people, or Nigeria, they're not allowed a permanent seat on the UN Security Council because the US prevents reforms in the United Nations. It is the United States, more than any other country, that violates multilateralism, that tries to impose its unilateral will on the rest of the world, and is trying to maintain the grip of its unipolar imperialist system that is, it's dead. That system is dead. That's why the United States is waging this new Cold War on China and on Russia and constantly tries to destabilize other countries that challenge its unipolar hegemony. But we're, we're, we're in a multipolar world. We've been in a multipolar world. It's not going to go back to being unipolar. And whatever the U.S. tries to do, it, it, it's just not going to happen. That's why they're getting so desperate. But with that, I'm going to stop blabbering. I'm going to conclude today I am Ben Norton, the Editor-in-Chief of Geopolitical Economy Report. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're watching or listening on. All of the videos also are released as an audio podcast version, if you look up Geopolitical Economy Report, the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube in particular, please subscribe. It really helps to promote our material in the algorithm. Finally, if you like the work that we do here, we are completely independent. We have no institutional support. We have no big donors. We rely entirely on small donations from viewers and listeners. So please consider going to geopoliticaleconomy.com support. And there are several ways you can support us. The best way is you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash geopolitical economy. I want to thank everyone for their support. It really helps to sustain this work that we do here. And I want to thank everyone for joining me today. I'll see you next time.